Hello and welcome to the Ham Radio Crash Course Thanksgiving Day Podcast. My name is Josh, Amitrito Kosselin, KI6NAZ. And I'm Leah, KM6NWZ. And we like to talk about turkey of all different kinds. So let's get started, shall we? <laughs> Jive turkeys. Jive turkeys. <laughs> Leah, this is literally thanksgiving night that we're recording this it's podcast. true we were supposed to record yesterday and uh josh made a command decision of no 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 um with it's going to be totally fine to to record thanksgiving night i i think that i think i'm opening my uh i'm not even going to talk about how much i've drank yes <laughs> you've drank a lot a, a decent amount less yeah. than other thanksgivings i am much more in control so your family i feel like i'm always in control but you know that's what they that's what they tell you your family has Thanksgiving at like... Oh, my God. Oh, it's me. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> Great start of the podcast. Great start for the Thanksgiving Professional podcast. production. Professional as uh, F. <laughs> Your family has a tradition of starting Thanksgiving at like noon. Right. As most... I, I, think, I, I think it's safe to say like whiter people mm -hmm. generally have Thanksgiving dinner like at lunchtime. That's not dinner. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I'm not. I'm not disagreeing with you. <laughs> the way that time works. <laughs> you see how meals go. But my, in my family, dinner's dinner. So we had dinner at six. Right, and it was still a little late because your brother showed up late. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. the, if anybody's sensing the disappointment in my voice. When when asked why he showed up 45 minutes late, I and I had said that everyone had showed up at 6. They did. Everyone yeah. did. Everyone showed up at 6. And actually, my sister showed up earlier to help that out. Help out. Yeah. He goes, oh, I didn't think it was like a hard and fast rule. And I'm like, you are literally bringing two of the dishes <laughs> you're <laughs> the bringing first the salad right. which is the starting course one would argue the first dish yeah <laughs> and why would you not just assume that you were coming early enough to help if you were bringing the dishes i, I yeah I, I i you know what it's fine. you had to be there i guess that's uh <laughs> So I, I can't... I'm sure everybody has a relative like this. So oh, whatever. yeah. <laughs> I, I can't wait for what we're just about to drop down. But thank you, everybody, for joining us here on the Hammer to Crash Course podcast. Leah, would you like to take a test? Whew, right into it. <laughs> That's the new format. That's the way it goes. Is the November antenna giveaway over? Uh, Saturday. So, oh, so there's still time. Still time. Link in the, link in the show notes if you want to get into... This free giveaway for 13 different antennas. Mm -hmm. Make sure you uh, click the link, fill out the info, and uh, you're entered. Just don't do it multiple times because the bots will get you. The bots? The bots. What bots? The duplicate entry bots. Oh, is there a bot? I don't have to check anymore? I am I the bot? <laughs> Someone is the bot here. I'm not saying you necessarily. Am I? But someone is going to be bot? the bot. Are you saying I'm the bot? Um, no, no, not necessarily. Not necessarily. Solid. Okay, as long as I'm not the bot. Okay. All right. <laughs> are you ready for the? Are you ready for the test? Kicking things off hot. Leia taking the test. Here we go. I am on question sixteen of thirty-five. For the general. 
for the general exam. Mm-hmm. It has kicked my butt for a good year now. Mm-hmm. That's uh, and at some point, studying may need to enter. I the, I think <laughs> it's I, we're just waiting to know when. <laughs> I mean, you'll know when I know. Oh yeah, no yeah, yeah we will. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Collectively, we'll all know yeah. when answers start getting answered correctly. <laughs> all right. This question Maybe reads, for Christmas. Maybe what is the approximate length for a quarter wave vertical antenna cut for 28.5 megahertz? Oh. A, 11 feet. B, 16 feet. C, 8 feet. D, 21 feet. I'm going to go with 8 feet. That is correct. Why, Leah? Why'd you go with that? Um, because they divided, and then it was the closest number. <laughs> Fair enough. That's a 10-meter antenna. Okay. So if you had... Uh, a lot of conversions happening here. Yeah. If, if you had a quarter meter on uh, 10 meter, quarter wave on 10 meter, uh-huh. um, roughly that would get you to 11 feet. Okay. So there you go. But the answer was eight feet. Oh, eight feet. Sorry. Eight feet. Jeez. What was I thinking? Eight feet? No, that makes sense. Yeah, eight feet. I just took the megahertz and I divided by four. Oh, that'll work too. I don't and know then, if that I don't know if that will no. And then it was the closest to seven. I don't think that will get you all the way through the problems, but okay. All right. You gotta remember the bands, I think. Okay. Okay. What configuration of the loops of a two element quad antenna? must be used for the antenna to operate as a beam antenna, assuming one of the elements is used as a reflector. (laughs) What? Great question. A, (laughs) there must be an open circuit on the driven element at the point opposite of the feed point. B, the reflector element must be approximately 5% shorter than the driven element. C, the reflector element must be approximately 5% longer than the driven element. D, the driven element must be fed with a Ballon transformer. Mm. The answer is C. I got it wrong. Oh, the reflector element must be approximately Larger. 5% longer than right. the driven element. Yes. Well, thanks for explaining that one. That's <laughs> Just think the reflector dish always must be bigger okay. for your signal. Yeah. A director is shorter to focus the energy. What just happened? I don't know. What just happened? Oh, my God. It just popped up with so i am using um to take the test so that it doesn't auto advance and it gives me answers immediately i'm using an app um general exam prep on Mm -hmm. um on i apple store and yeah the platform just refreshed Mm -hmm. out of nowhere and it's giving me a test proficiency in each sub-element while I'm taking the test. That's good. So in um, in 
G1A. Mm-hmm. That's the operator frequency privileges, primary and secondary allocations. I'm at 44%. Oof. Woof. But for antenna structure limitations, good engineering, good amateur practice, beacon operation, prohibited transmission, and retransmitting radio signals, I'm at a 67%. I would think the rules you would be better at. There's literally only one thing I'm like even nearly passing in. It's uh, 2D, Volunteer Monitoring Program, (laughs) HF. What's the thing I'm worst at? Uh, That's bad. (laughs) I'm 11% proficiency at uh, 5B, which is the decibel current and voltage dividers, electrical power calculations, sine wave, root mean square. You know what? I'm going to go ahead and say, yeah, that makes sense. It's, it's, Electrical principles. (laughs) So I have to assume they updated their app, either that or now the test platform is trying to shame me. (laughs) The the test platform is like, I don't know. If you understand the gravity of how poorly you're doing. (laughs) You you need some extra encouragement (laughs) to get you in line with what's going on here. All right. The next question reads, what is likely to happen if a transceiver's ALC system is not set properly when transmitting AFSK signals with the radio using single sideband mode? A, ALC will invert the modulation of AFSK mode. B, when using digital modes, too much ALC activity can cause the transmitter to overheat. C, improper action of ALC distorts the signals and can cause spurious emissions, or D, all of these are correct. Mm. Challenging. Mm-hmm. The safety of all of these choices are correct. Feels like it feels, but I. I can't imagine it would cause the transmitter to overheat. What? It it I it must be interesting like being in your shoes. To... Like you you don't have like a science background with your education. Ah, oh, dang it. The answer is C improper action of ALC distorts the signal and can cause spurious emissions, which is was actually my first instinct. Good. Yeah. Generally with digital signals, most of the things are like how to make your signal pure and clean. Mm -hmm. It's not uh, something where it's like, oh, it dials back half the power. Like that, that should have been your, your big one. You're like, well, the, the, all these choices are right out the window. ALC doesn't do that. ALC tries to normalize all signals, like uh, create a like. So when you're in front of a radio and you're setting ALC, you want ALC to be fast for Morse code because it's an it's an on off state. But human voices, they they lag. So mm-hmm. you want the ALC to be slow to react to drop the noise floor back down. Mm-hmm. So. In this case, that that's 
you know, something to keep in mind. And ALC is there to help out with the audio control against the noise floor basis of your radio. Okay. Great. Makes perfect sense, right? Mm-hmm. You got... <laughs> <laughs> I have also drank enough so that nothing is making sense. Anymore. Yeah. Well, this is... Yeah. Okay. What is the primary purpose of a screen grid in a vacuum tube? A, to reduce grid-to-plate capacitance, B, to increase the grid control resistance, C, to increase efficiency, or D, to decrease place plate resistance. Uh, I got that one wrong. It is to reduce grid-to-plate capacitance. What I don't even know what grid-to-place capacitance is. Now we're talking about tubes, vacuum tubes. Right. You know, Leia, I could probably call an audible on this one and just pull you out of this whole thing (laughs) can you just explain to me what grid to plate capacitance is so oh well okay i'm not the best at vacuum tubes but so you you have before there was a transistor we had valves um vacuum tubes okay and they had a grid and a plate generally and how we manipulated either one of them changed their characteristics in how they performed in a radio Mm mm-hmm that's generally my understanding. A much smarter person has to come in here to answer those things, which which kind of always cracks me up that that is still prominent in the general license when most people are not ever operating with, with uh, valve-based radios. But, okay. you know, still, again, there's nothing wrong with learning it. I just don't know that it needs to be on the test, the general test. So that's my point of view. Mm. What if we just moved on? How's that sound? No, I got to do one more. <laughs> okay. How does the attenuation of coaxial cable change as the frequency of the signal it is carrying increases? Mm-hmm. A, attenuation is de- independent of frequency. B, attenuation decreases. C, attenuation reaches a maximum at approximately 18 megahertz. Or D, attenuation increases. Uh, D, attenuation increases. Boom. I'm so glad I stuck it out for this. You got the one there. There you go. <laughs> I got two. I got the first one and the last one. Very good. So. Well, if everybody would like to study along with Leia, there are links in the uh, podcast show notes. We like to use hamradiostudy.org or hamstudy.org. Sorry about that. <laughs> Hamradiostudy.org. I don't even know what that is. Hamstudy. Hamstudy.org is the website of choice. But if you're looking for a book or something along those lines, we really recommend Gordon West books, the test prep books that are available on Amazon. You can go and check those out. And if you are so inclined and you would like to get an audio book on learning ham radio or getting your license, you can get that on Audible. Link is also in the show notes. The good thing about Audible is if you get a trial membership you get a book you have it for free they can't take it away even if you discontinue the audible subscription you can get yourself a whole fast track to your whichever license you're looking for technician general or extra and you'll have that forever so thank you uh for checking that out all right that true (laughs) true that (laughs) so join the conversation by leaving a review on the apple podcast or the ham radio crash course podcast 
by leaving a review. We would really appreciate it. And or emailing us at leah at hamtactical.com. Leaving a review wherever you listen to podcasts will help the Ham Radio Crash Course reach more hams and the ham curious, and we appreciate it. With that said, we have a review over on the Apple Podcast website thing. (laughs) This is from... (laughs) I don't even know how to pronounce this name. Hello, This is from S J U D E D G H. How how does that sound in Morse code? Yeah. This says always a great listen. I've listened to 98% of these podcasts and enjoyed wow. them every time. Thank as you a, so much. As a newer ham, I've learned a lot from them and enjoy the banter between Josh and Leah, the crazy stories and the laughter. We need more laughter in this world. Go, Leah. Aw, thank you. If you're not tuning into this podcast, you are really missing a great time. And that is from Don. K-N-4-F-Y-S. Thank you, Don. Look at that. Don Army represents. The Don Army rolls deep. They really do. Yeah, it's true. So you got to be careful with them. You're going to watch out next for the Doug Army. Are you ready? I don't know. Yeah, Pigeon Man. Are you ready? (laughs) Into the unknown I will go. Be careful about that. For I shall fear no man of peace. One foot after the other. Are you ready? For I prepare to survive. You were a Pigeon Man? Yeah. Yeah, from Doug. I'm not allergic to be. What's Doug's dog name? What? <laughs> did you watch the show Doug? I did. What was Doug's dog's name? I don't remember. Pork Chop. Oh, that's right. All right. So, what uh, was his uh, crush named? Penny. No, no, horrible. Patty mayonnaise. Patty mayonnaise. <laughs> What was his best I can friend see her name? Face. Skeeter. Okay, good. <laughs> I'm glad we got you back in. There. That sounds like you in the, in the test questions for Ken Your Ham Radio General. Okay. Leia, what is going on with your notifications? Could you just go ahead and mute them for the podcast? I sake? did. I, put, I know this is a Thanksgiving podcast, and, put, and, and we're very <laughs> lax in the production value on this one, but put, if you could. I'd appreciate. Do not disturb. I like Leia's just rubbing her hands all over the surface (laughs) of the of the of the iPad, hoping that it stops. I I don't know how to make. What if I rub my fingers around the edges faster? (laughs) Where is the sound switch? There's no sound switch on a on an iPad. Okay, well, you had to put it in "Do Not Disturb." I did. Your phone, (laughs) but it was my mom texting. Oh, so, I so think she, has, she bypasses she, yeah. the do not disturb. <laughs> yeah. You're like, Mom, we got a podcast to do. She's asking me about my arm. <laughs> your arm's in the podcast right now. <laughs> you and your arm. Okay, so since it is Thanksgiving. It is very much in Thanksgiving. And part of our Thanksgiving was my sister and I watching thanksgiving fails which oh my god always involve a deep fried turkey there are so many people who are frying turkeys for the first time 
I know that everybody's listening to this like after the fact. You're like, oh yeah, no, my garage burnt down. Oh no, I'm so sorry. I, no one, I hope no one in the Ham Radio Crash Course's garages burnt down because of a turkey. Uh, you know what? It was, it was the video of the guy who had thawed the turkey. And then didn't drain all of the the, the buddy the that had water. the pan, yeah. And he's like, "Oh, the pan, the the pan juices have to go in the fryer." Yeah, <laughs> creates a fireball that then lights the Weber grill next to it. The Weber fire. grill had nothing to do with this. <laughs> it is a new way to light a Weber. I know some people have a hard time with that. <laughs> some people won't invest in a chimney smoker, yeah, <laughs> or a chimney, you know, charcoal lighter. And so I was telling my sister about that. She's you need to find it right now. <laughs> and I'm like. Leia has all the <laughs> notifications turned on on everything she has, like right now. It's better now. It's better. <laughs> we'll see. So, so I'm like, all right, I'll look for it. <laughs> there's no way to, there's an ocean of. <laughs> It's just all fryers Again. gone wrong. There's, I, I, there must have been millions. Oh, I just, I couldn't find it. So what, what cracks me up about all this is that Gordon West and company, yes, they go to uh, and uh, they they go out to Seal Beach and they do their what the Seal Beach was Huntington Beach, Honey Bolsa Beach. Chica, Bolsa, it's Bolsa Chica, and they do um, their ham radio thanksgiving event mm -hmm. they fry turkey every time well i mean arguably they're pros at it now but but if you had to fry a turkey just an open bed of sand yeah perfect. pretty good yeah pretty good yeah so <laughs> and chip i was thinking chip janet and gordo and uh susie susie is his wife gosh what a great tradition wonderful i think they said they've been doing it for I, I don't want to, I don't want to miss, I think they said like 20 years. Wow. That's, I, I, I think, I think that's what he said. That is one, I have to, I don't know that I've ever had a friend that, that tight, that I've been that tight with. What about me? No, I mean, yeah, you you, gotta go. <laughs> you don't want to do half of the hammer things that I want to do. Though. But I'm talking like Gordo, right? And Chip, and Janet, and Susie, like they're all ham radio. Like they're they're, they're in the hobby, right? Mm -hmm. And so that they, they mm -hmm. want to to do this tradition. I mean, they hang out outside of this tradition that they've created. I, that's that's really impressive. It's a beautiful. It's a beautiful it tradition. I mean, they had a hard arguably. Time this year. I assume that you and Adam have now created quite a tradition for yourselves. I, I would, I, I could only be, I would be humbled if Adam would like to camp with me every year, like around this time. Yeah, man's, I, the man cooks. There were so many comments in those videos like, well, it sounds like we just need to have an Adam every time we go camp. <laughs> we need to pack an Adam whenever we go anywhere. The band is so capable. Like I, there is no, there is no greater compliment that I've received in that you are, you are dynamic. Like right. your, your capability is broad. Mm -hmm. You are, you are a capable human being. I view that as like, oh, just, just 
gets me right to my heart. Like, what a compliment. It's one, it's one of the things I love most about you. I think it's also why I have such an affinity for Adam. Yeah, I think so, too. Yeah, <laughs> because Adam is, like, he is so dynamic. Like, that man is... He can do so many things, and he and he does it with a smile, just a cheerfulness. I know that I don't have. Like he's just, yeah, he, he he's special. He's a, he's one of a kind. It was so funny on your video of Thomas Mountain Day Two, mm-hmm. and you're talking to him about pour over, and you have a bag that has pre ground, pre ground, and then he and he's like, I, I grab my own. Yeah, I was <laughs> like, like, that's, <laughs> and I'm like, that's because Adam. <laughs> cast the metal for right. the grinder. <laughs> well, I had the I had the smithy going at, at 4 a.m. That's the best time to get the coke going to get the heat you need to pour. And then he foraged the beans. <laughs> and we ro- thought it ended in Adirondack chairs. <laughs> and roasted them over the campfire. I, I was actually gr- roasting my own beans. <laughs> and then I grinded them. them. That is Adam. Yeah. Just, it it is it, like everybody always jokes about like the Paul Bunyan like oh that's a mythical man with a babe <laughs> no. with blue ox like no yeah. this is literally Adam like punched Paul Bunyan out one day and rescued him. <laughs> no, off Adam the mountain. is a descendant of Paul Bunyan. Oh okay that's it. Yeah. Yes, long line of the Bunyans. Yes. <laughs> the long line of the Bunyans. <laughs> that is. That is literally Edison's favorite tall tale. Too. Paul Bunyan? Yes. Okay. And Babe the Bull, uh, Bull, uh, Blue Ox, like yes. wrestling and created the Grand Canyon? I have read so many tall tales to Edison. Johnny Appleseed psh, does not care. No, nobody wants that. Paul Bunyan. He was like, read it again, mommy. <laughs> Big man. Yeah. Fights a bull. Good. Big burly flannel man. Big man, so many pancakes. <laughs> so many pancakes. Large, oh, large, large blue pet ox. <laughs> like this is that he decides to fight. <laughs> yeah, that's. <laughs> I can't wait for Edison to meet Adam. <laughs> Very good. Uh, so uh, this week's preparedness. We haven't even started it. Oh my god! Is that a? Is about. Seasonal fire causes Thanksgiving. (laughs) (laughs) They have a special report for one day. Okay. It doesn't seem to address nearly enough about deep frying turkeys. Yeah, right. But I'm going to go over the top safety tips. One, stay in the kitchen when you are cooking on the stovetop so you can keep an eye on the food. (laughs) Good. Hot tip. (laughs) Stay in the home (laughs) when cooking your turkey (laughs) and check on it frequently. I had to go to the bingo hall and run five cards. (laughs) Keep children away from the stove. The Mm -hmm. stove will be hot and kids should stay three feet away. Yeah. Yeah, that's solid. Mm -hmm. That's a general... These, I would argue, (laughs) these are things that apply outside of Thanksgiving. Make sure kids stay away from hot food and liquids. Only serve them lukewarm food. Yeah. The The boringest of food for children. 
the steam or splash from vegetables, gravy, or coffee could cause serious burns. Keep knives out of the reach of children. This has to be just like children unattended on Thanksgiving is what's happening. Like everybody's so busy cooking. They're like not paying attention. Loose children and dads passed out watching football. (laughs) Uh, Be sure electric cords from an electric knife, coffee maker, plate warmer, or mixer are not dangling off the counter within easy reach of a child. These are all things that have led to children getting maimed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, keep matches and utility lighters out of reach of the children there, up I, high in a locked cabinet. Never leave children alone in a room with a lit candle. Keep the floor clear so you don't trip over kids. <laughs> it's all children. <laughs> kids toys pocketbooks or bags okay fair i mean <laughs> i don't know if they understand but like children don't just stay <laughs> like you can get them off the floor <laughs> and put them on a couch they will go where this was god canatonic <laughs> make sure your smoke alarms are working test them by pushing the test button i did that those are those are the tips. I know you you replaced our. Uh, I replaced two fire alarms in yeah, our home. Exactly. These were centrally wired fire alarms that just kept beeping. They just kept. Uh, I I had it a night a week ago after I had the a night, podcast. It happened after uh, last Thursday's podcast where the fire alarm would sporadically go off in the office where we where we do the podcast. And I I went like the full nine yards. I wanted to make sure there wasn't a fire was missing. I was opening windows and putting fans in, blowing the air around and see if it was still coming in. I took other fire alarms and brought them into the office to test it. I was doing like proper A-B testing of fire alarms. And I discovered we had a we had a bad fire alarm. But I, I think I didn't go to sleep until like 4 or 5 a.m. after last week's podcast from all that. That's true. It's crazy. Crazy. All right, and so to make up for last week's horrendous Ready Wise That was bad. It was bad. Just buy Ready Wise. (laughs) Uh, I am going to give a Black Friday and Cyber Monday prepping and survival. Okay, go ahead, but I also want to talk about frying turkey. Okay. Go ahead, and then we'll talk Uh, about it. Valley Food Storage has a 20 to 50% You're talking about more dehydrated food? Yeah. Legacy Food Storage is 30% off 60 serving buckets, uh, 15% off all other food. The Harvest Right um, freeze dryer, not dehydrator, the freeze freeze dryer. dryer, Like make your own food of the freeze dried variety. Right, right. Um. $500 $500 off with free shipping. It, I mean, you'd be shocked at $500. $500 off? Right. Because so how much does this thing cost? They go from $2,000 to $3,000, oh, I think, for the God. base model. So uh, if you're going to get it, now That's actually a pretty good chunk yeah. off of mm-hmm. two to $3,000. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Um, obviously, Amazon has... Uh, a ton of stuff going on sale for Black Friday and Cyber Monday. Mm-hmm. Um, Solo Stove, it has huge sales. I don't know how you feel about Solo Stove. That's a solar stove? Emergency stoves and fire pits. Solar stove, though, specifically? hmm Yeah, I have one. I bought one. 
Awesome. Remember? Uh, the Jackery has uh, early access deals. So we, we will post a series of links of things I'm that we gonna like. I'm just going to link. Actually, Primal Survivor. I'm, I'm pulling the info off Primal Survivor. So I will drop we'll put that, that in the show notes. Yeah. Um, EcoFlow, which is... EcoFlow. Uh, portable generators. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of them are up to 50% off. I like Jackery, though. Mm-hmm. I like Jackery with the 100-watt panel. You can get a lot done in one day. Lots of knives on sale. Mm, lots of knives. Yeah. All right. So let, let me take a minute and talk about uh, frying a turkey. Oh, Battle Box. Mm. All right, we can hang I on. I don't know how you feel about that. Yeah. I, I did a thing with them once, and I was kind of okay. It was oh, just really? like, meh. Frying a turkey. Frying a turkey. Let's talk about that. Mm-hmm. It must be thawed. Yes. Like, totally thawed. Mm-hmm. When you put liquid in a fryer, it reacts aggressively. Yes. And the oil is flammable. If the oil yes. boils over, <laughs> if the oil true about if the, oil, <laughs> if the oil boils over, it can light on the burner of your your turkey fryer right. contraption, mm-hmm. and that's what causes the the boil over problem. Right. So the best thing you can do before you even put the turkey in the fryer is make sure it's completely thawed, and then pat it dry with a paper towel. And mm-hmm. I'm not saying. A paper towel. I'm saying as many paper towels as it no, takes. No, I used the one that you told me to, and it's done now. Yeah, no. Use as many paper towels as you need to to pat it dry and then submerge it. And if you want literally one of the best examples of doing a fried turkey, oh, again, shout out to Alton Brown. There's a video on YouTube of him frying a turkey. And he uses two ladders as an A-frame contra- contraption, and then he lowers it with like a uh, a pulley system mm. to bring it into the oil, mm-hmm. and then pulls it out. The problem that I've seen on so many of these videos is that it's a dude with a with a glove, Mm-mm. and he's got like a chain with like five links on it, and he just lowers it into the oil. If you're experienced, that will work fine. If you've done it before, that's fine. But if you've never done it, like just being that close to the oil, mm-hmm. probably not a good call. You know who? I saw one guy on a video amazing... just barehanding it, just lowering it in the oil. It's like, dude, you got like five links there. Like that's not enough. You know who's had an amazing fried turkey this year that I saw on the HRCC podcast channel of the Discord. Uh, Nick. and Nick. Yeah. 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 He did a duck too. Did you see that? Yeah. Looks delicious. Yeah. I'm going to Nick's next year. <laughs> so fried turkey can be amazing. An absolute amazing thing. But I, I agree with a lot of people. I saw a lot of little memes that popped up. It's like, Hey dog, if, uh, if you, if you made no test turkeys ever and your first go is Thanksgiving, Maybe just put it in the oven this year. Yeah. <laughs> like if, if you haven't tried it, it's actually a bit of a skill set. It's mm-hmm. it, it's not something you just like wake up one morning and be like, and now it's Thanksgiving and it's time to fry a turkey. Well, doesn't Butterball make a turkey deep fryer? It doesn't matter if they do. You still got to try it out. It I looks think. like an easy bake oven. I think. <laughs> what? 
the I'll pull it up for you. Hang on. <laughs> it's a butterball deep fryer. Hold on. Butterball. I guess where I'm going with this is there's nothing wrong with buying a turkey when they're super cheap, like two months before and practicing and then getting that, you know, that first leg jitters or that first time oh, jitters. Oh, it's from Masterbuilt. Masterbuilt makes a lot of uh, grills and smokers and stuff. Yeah, so that okay. makes sense. Let me. But but there's no reason why you can't you can't do this uh, on your own once to to just vet it, right? That looks. That's four hundred dollars, man. Uh, they're cheaper ones. I mean, that's. I just pulled up the one that said. So butterfly. what? One of the reasons actually why people go with frying is it's actually not that expensive to do it. You can get yourself like a Baja burner, like a gumbo burner or a, or a crab boil burner. I thought they did it because it was delicious. Well, no, it's it's really good. You, you just have to deal with all the oil on the back end. There's a lot of oil. But anyway, okay, so there's my tips. Make sure it's thawed completely. Pat it dry, even inside the carcass. Get it as dry as possible. I don't mean like let it sit outside for eight hours and dry it out. I mean like just take the water off of it. And then if you had a pole, like a T-pole or something like that with the, with the length of chain, wide enough that you could like two people that could lower it in, that will save you a ton. I Never one-hand it, it if you can. Faster. It is very fast. That is true. It's very fast. Yeah. But anyway. All right. There's my thoughts on... Uh, so the show topic. All right. So today's the discussion for today is right go on to the show. Right. Right. Show cleaner. The, the topic of today's show is. Gentlemen, let's get down to business. So the show topic is, you don't need the internet for ham radio. I I know I've talked about this, in many comments, and I guess I'm not saying it wide enough to many enough people so that the question doesn't keep coming up over and over again. But the internet is something we use and we will use it for, for different capabilities, but it, it's not actually a part of ham radio. The internet is not a required thing. And I think the, the, the biggest thing, we'll get this right out of the way up front, digital voice modes. So DMR, Yesu System Fusion, and D-Star. Those are simply digital modifications of audio that is received from the microphone. They get transmitted out of your radio into things that could be connected to the internet, but they don't actually have to be. There are many repeaters that are local to me that are simply just DV, as we call them, digital voice repeaters. Not domestic violence. Not domestic. Nobody's wearing wife beaters in that, <laughs> in that repeater shack. How do you know? Good, good question. But they're simply, it's simply a modulation way. It's simply a way of taking your audio, your voice, and converting it into a digital stream. That's all it's doing then you can take that digital audio stream and put it on the internet if you wanted to, but you don't have to. And if you didn't have that internet connection, then that repeater would work just fine for local 
RF communication. It would still be the digital voice mode, but you wouldn't have this internet cross-linking thing. Okay. Right? There are no situations where ham radio needs anything to do with the internet. We could go back to QSL cards tomorrow, just simply sending postcards in the mail. It could be the Pony Express for as far as we care. It carrier is simply pigeons. carrier pigeons. I feel pigeons. like you're all often overlooking the power of the pigeon. I don't know how much a pigeon can hold. I know what <laughs> I know what the I know what the weight of a, a swallow is <laughs> to carry. An unladed swallow. I know what we can put on to an unladed swallow. How much? Uh, not the weight of a coconut. I see. Right. Mm -hmm. Which seems QS, like we, we can still QSL move some QSL yeah, cards on that. Yeah. You can still move some QSL cards on a swallow. So please, everyone that, that hears me or is listening to this or Where has... did you get a coconut? <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to go into a whole thing. I, I, I want to so bad, but I'm not going to. I have gotten so many comments on YouTube talking about how the, the ham radio only exists because of the internet or DMR only exists because of the internet. And I'm not a fan of DMR necessarily. I'm not a, I'm not a big user of it. But it, I, I think you, you can be honest about the mode and what it can do and just say like, hey, that's okay. It's not really my thing. And that, that's fine. And, and DMR is that for me. But I'm not going to misrepresent it and, and say that, oh, no, this you can only use it with the internet. No, there are plenty of DMR repeaters where if the internet went away, it would just be local comms. You could still do just local repeater things. That's how I grew up in ham radio. All repeaters were local repeaters. You you talked into the repeater. It was transmitting. That's transmitting. how you came up in the hood. That's how I came up in the hood, <laughs> on the streets. I transmitted in the repeater. It broadcast simultaneously when I was transmitting, and I was talking to people. It was only many, many decades later where someone said, hey, we can take the output of this repeater and put it on the internet, or we can cross-link it into another repeater, and then now, hey, oh, hey, we're talking, and it's going to be really fun, and we're going to be on the air. Hey. <laughs> yeah, no, we can do all of that. We can do all those things, and we can create worldwide communication I'm via Macho the Man internet. Randy Savage. Oh, yeah. <laughs> But it doesn't require that, right? So, yeah, you can buy a hotspot and you can go full internet with all your communique. And that, that's okay. Just, like, make sure you remind everybody that ham radio does not require internet when it comes to digital voice modes. Now, let's move into HF radio. At no time does HF radio require the internet. Again, we can do logs over QSL cards. They're literal physical pieces of media. And also, all of our digital modes, and let's make sure I, 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 I clarify the point here. We were just talking about digital voice, which is an, uh, a handheld radio, like D-Star or DMR mm -hmm. or uh, YSF, Yesu System Fusion, where you're talking into it, and it's outputting a digitally modified voice for you. When we talk about digital modes on HF, we're literally talking about like keyboard to keyboard contacts or the exchange of, of text characters. Okay. All of those exchanges are done over the air via RF. There are connection points to the internet, 
One of those connection points to the internet is WinLink. WinLink is like an email system that does connect to the actual internet for email, right? So people that want to email me on Gmail, you can hit me up at ki6naz at winlink. I think it's .net. And then you can, you can email me there over the internet. And your internet email would get me if the internet existed. But if the internet went away, you could still email me at ki6naz.net. You right. just have to do it directly to me. The internet just abstracts the long haul connection points. Okay. We could still do it over HF. We could still communicate however we want to over RF, which is the point of our hobby anyway. So it's not a big deal to say, hey, let's not leverage the internet. Let's use WinLink HF. Let's use Vara HF. Let's use something to get the contact made. We could use JSA call. We could just do FT8 if you wanted to just have a contact with me. And none of those things require the internet. Now here's the caveat. All of those systems to some degree do upload to the internet that they heard me when I'm talking. Okay. All they're doing that for is to let us know how far our signals are getting out. It's like uh it's it's like showing us how fast we're going on the highway. It's kind of like telling us, "Hey, this is this is what the the speed checked radar is saying about you." Right. Right. I don't have those radar systems, so we're using the internet for you to tell me how loud I was sounding when I was transmitting to you. We don't have to have that though. You could still always just do it on a QSL card and send it to me directly. The internet is not required anything we do in ham radio and i think people lose that and they think that oh no we got to have the internet that's what makes uh ham radio work it, and i i just um got to clarify with people digital voice modes digital modes on hf nothing in what we're doing here requires the internet so if any is. if anything it's uh the digital modes sound like they have given a decentralized alternative to the internet. Uh, well, I mean, at least locally. And and again, you know, there are a ton of repeaters that just will do digital voice modes directly to the repeater. If you, Amanda, right, from mm -hmm. Ham Nation, they have a microwave linked repeater network. They could do digital modes on the res those repeaters. They connected and all of their microwaves? They opened the doors on all the microwaves on the repeater shack, and now they can talk. They got to put throw. They got to put a couple hot pockets in there before, <laughs> before they're fully chooch. But um. no, I mean, just just everybody listening. If you're ever thinking like, "Oh, the internet's required for ham radio," it is not. That's the point of this whole thing. That was my whole diatribe. I prefer a Mama Celeste. <laughs> You put a Mama Celeste in a microwave? Yeah. Oh, we're moving on. That's disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> disgusting. What's Why are you mad, bro? Those are oven. <laughs> that is a bad pizza that deser deserves a good oven. <laughs> I mean, the point of the Mama Celeste is it, it has a, uh, a crisping disc. <laughs> Horrible. You don't use the crisping disc in the oven.
I, <laughs> I I'm I'm taken aback. I feel like this is a product you clearly don't understand. <laughs> no, the crisping disc in the microwave is the biggest scam to me. That, but <laughs> it's the whole basis for Mama Celeste. No, Mama, you could get Mama Celeste in a in a cardboard box, and you just bake it. In your oven. So then what are you supposed to do with the crisping disc? Uh, when, <laughs> when did this whole Mama Celeste change? Did Mama agree to this? Transition from oven base to microwave Listen, base? Mama calls all the shots. Okay? It's not called Mama Celeste for nothing. You don't think she already preordained the crisping discs in understanding that people are nuking her pizzas. Did someone tell Mama this is just a flat hot pocket? <laughs> she predates. I will not have you slander Mama Celeste like this. I, she came way before hot pockets. I okay? agree. In the oven. In the oven. The crisping disc came now. I'm after gonna, I'm gonna hot pocket. Up, I'm gonna look up. When did Mama Celeste? You're, you think you're gonna figure that out live on the podcast? <laughs> we're, we're just barely getting to the emails right now. This is the hill we're going to die on is when Mama Celeste had the crisping disc versus Hot Pockets. You will lose. <laughs> you you will lose. Hot Pockets had a crisping sleeve well before Mama Celeste adopted that. Well mm. before. Many years. Years, Leah. Oh, they don't have crisping discs anymore. Are they on the box? It's even Mama is turning her back on you right now. <laughs> wow how how is she gonna do me like that? <laughs> I gotta say, Leah, there, there's there's many times where the confidence that you bring stifles me, but at no time was I shook by your confidence and the fact that Mama even turned her back on you. No, you don't understand. If you don't use the crisping disc, then. The pizza's horrible. Yeah, you never microwave a Mama <laughs> Celeste pizza. That was my whole point. It must go in the oven. I promise you, 90%. N no, no, no. There's no one who's microwaving a Mama Celeste pizza. The Until you said that right now, I was like, I don't even, like, who? Who is microwaving Mama Celeste pizza? Oh, no, it's built into the box now. When did they start it? Are we still are are we going back? Are you are you are you dialing in or there's a lot no, of No, it was it was always a part of the box. No, 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 no. Don't come at me with like that. You cannot those things used to be wrapped up in plastic. You know that. You no, know that. I, they they were always wrapped up in plastic. Yeah. Okay. But there was a crisping disc on the box. When did you start eating Mama Celeste pizza? Just so that we're on the same page here. I just want to see where. Did where you we're know at. Mama Celeste pizza came out in 1930? Yeah, with the crisping disc. No, no, because microwaves <laughs> didn't exist then. We can start the email tower, and you you found a hill <laughs> to die on on this one. I I got it. The the discs work. I don't know what to tell you. No, no, yeah. you can't. You can't oven cook a pizza on a crisping disc. 
Of course, it's not as good. Of course, it's not as good. Yeah, but like, no. Okay, got, are we? Are this. we just? Are you? Are you dialing back? Are you? I'm gonna go over to the voicemail annex now. <laughs> Do you think Hot Pockets had the crisping sleeve before the Mama Celeste? No. You think the disc came before the crisping sleeve? Yes. Yes. No, there's no way. No way. <sighs> There's no way Hot Pockets would have the hold it has today if it wasn't for the crisping sleeve. I mean, you understand that Hot Pocket is a calzone. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> like, I, I'm not. I, I I can't. Like this is this is this is crazy. Now I find out that Mama Celeste passed away when she was 80 years old. Why did In, you do what this? year? When? How old was she? Like what year was it? 1988. Oh, wow. Mama Celeste is gone. Yeah. (laughs) Mama Celeste did not live long enough to see the crisping disc. Unless the crisping disc was the last thing she ever did. This is crazy. (laughs) The crisping disc is not a new invention, but after her time, for sure. Oh, my feet are typing. <laughs> I just, I, no, no. What do you mean, no? I, I believe that the crisping disc existed on a Mama Celeste before Hot Pockets existed. Uh, this is, I'm going to let the podcast listeners eat you alive on this one. Okay. Okay. All right. So welcome, everyone, <laughs> to the foregrounds of the email correspondence tower. Uh, there there was a shipping and receiving situation, I think. We were sent something. <gasps> there was a tracking number. And then USPS said. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> what What's the joke about USPS? It's like, we have no information about your package. And then day two. Uh, you received that thing three days ago, you negligent asshole. <laughs> no, so uh, someone sent us beverages. Ooh, thank you so much. But when you pull up the uh, tracking, the tracking says no information on this package. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that they might not have put the macaroni and cheese in the box. Yeah. I think it might have got apprehended by the... Uh, the federales. Somebody's drinking our mail. Someone's on drinking our mail on Thanksgiving. Uh, it happens. It happens. Uh, I'll find out probably tomorrow what's going on. But um, as of now, the tracking number is very nondescript, which generally it's implies that, yeah, it's very nebulous. <laughs> so we're gonna leave the shipping and receiving and go right to the voicemails. Let's do this. Let's talk about voicemails. Oh, no. Hey, and Josh, okay. it's Pam Solo here, K0FYR, Cave Fire. So just to give you a little heads up hey, what's I'm going solo. on this week, uh, I actually got my ARRLBE hey, uh, certificate Congratulations! <laughs> Gotta get the ding-a-ling. <laughs> there you go. So now I'm an official VE. Congratulations. And, uh, that I counts. got voted in as uh, president for our wow. amateur radio club. And so I Congratulations thought, uh, again. if I'm going to be going to the VE sessions anyway, uh, I'll go ahead and get my uh, my actual VE certificate. And so 
just giving you a heads up what's going on. Uh, got a lot of trips coming up in the future, and so I should be going uh, to Arizona. I've already done a summit there, but I needed to knock out a park. And then it'll be Utah. Sodas and potas. Uh, followed by North Dakota. And then uh, I'll let you know after that because uh, I'd have a big one planned after that one uh, all before Christmas. Is it and South so, Dakota? Just giving you uh, an idea of what's all happening right Dakotas. now. This is Ham Solo, K0FYR, and I'll say 73. Well, Thanks, K-Fire. Thank you, K-Fire. Before you go to the next one, let's tell everybody the dates of the camp out. Oh, uh, April 28th through 30th. April 28th through the 30th. We're working on some kind of sign-up thing. Yes. But if you want to go, it's in Ramona, California. Mm-hmm. So go ahead and set your calendars, and you will hear information soon-ish. Right. So there you go. And if you want to leave a voicemail. Oh, yes. For the voicemail and the number, yes. The number is 562-334-2389. Very good. And away we go. Hello, Josh and Leah. This is Scott, K-N-6-I-H-C. Hey, Scott. I was just listening to the current podcast and thought it would be so funny if Ronald Beavers happened to be a hand. And sure enough, <laughs> according to the SBC database, there's a Ronald C. Beavers out of Colorado, <gasps> KC6GBI with an expired license. Oh. And the other one is Ronald E. Beavers out of Georgia, KF4DBZ. He's Unless a Dragon Ball Z fan. Away, <laughs> I don't think it's him, but I thought it would be a coincidence. It could be Decibels. Thanks for all the content. Have a good one. Thank you. 73. I love that. Thank you so much. That's Thank wonderful. You. you know what, though? Ronald Beavers had to have moved away. Y- yeah. Or oh. died. See, that's the thing that worries me, is that poor Ronald here is, is dead, and Kaiser doesn't know about it, but it's been seems going strange. on for years. That seems odd, right? But he had to have moved away because why would he suddenly give up his P.O. box? You know what I mean? Oh, for sure. Yeah. I mean, that's my problem. Yeah. Don't you think you would tell your medical insurance what your address is? Right? Oh, man. I hope he wasn't, like, kidnapped or something. It just has been a hostage this whole time. (sighs) What if a bunch of beavers abducted him? Wow. That's his family. Okay. <laughs> That's his name right. That's his lineage. <laughs> Just... He's always offended by rushing water. <laughs> always trying to damn things up. Did you hear that? Have you heard about the facts of beavers? No. That they're like, they get upset when water runs too fast. That's why they damn things up. Oh, really? Like they get anxiety. When the water is rushing too fast. Do you, That's why they dam it all up. Do you think when Ronald Beavers dams something up, he goes, that's a goddamn. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Just trying to keep the Holy Spirit in. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God, Beavis and Butthead do America. Hey, Josh, it's Han <laughs> Solo K zero He's F-I-R. back. AK Fire. Hey, I was just messing around and uh, was making this video the day uh, before Thanksgiving, and I used the turkey pan, the turkey roasting pan, yeah. as my antenna. Nice. And I just got Oregon 
South Carolina and Ontario on 10 watts. And so just want to say, hey, uh, I'm going to be posting that as a video. It should be coming out uh, tonight, if not uh, 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 Thanksgiving morning. So just want to say, hey, this is Ham Solo K0FYR73. That's awesome, man. Do you think you could tune Mama Celeste discs? <laughs> I made a beam. <laughs> I can cook my pizza on with RF. <laughs> I needed like 18 of them, though, to really condense the RF enough. Still a very cheap way to make an antenna. <laughs> I had to get eight. How much is 18 Mama Celeste pizzas? Is that like I think $4? They're, they're $2 a piece now. They're $2 a piece? Inflation. Dude, that is crazy. They used to be a dollar. I, I remember when you could get like one for 75 cents or 50. I think I remember. I remember gas cents. being under a dollar a gallon. We okay. are officially <laughs> old. That, you, know what, you know what's crazy about inflation is that you look at like cheap food and you go, well, as a kid, I would I would eat a Mama Celeste pizza for fifty yeah. cents. Yeah, <laughs> but now you're like two dollars. Don't make something at home. I'll make a sandwich or something. Two dollars, you could buy something off the uh, value menu. <laughs> I could buy two dollar value menu <laughs> items. It's not a dollar value menu. I know item it's anymore. like yeah, it's like two for three. <laughs> what? It's a dollar. See, this is this, <laughs> this is getting out of hand. Do you remember how upset people were when the Dollar Tree increased their prices to a dollar twenty-five? Oh man, it was false I, advertising. I still, I still go to the Dollar Tree for like uh, just updating first aid stuff because yeah. ha- a lot of their stuff is okay. Like, I, I don't like the adhesive products like band aids and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I don't really get a Dollar Tree, but like bandages and tape. I said mm-hmm. adhesive, but yeah. Their tape rolls are pretty okay. Uh, they do. I all go right. there for party supplies. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, we it's very different reasons <laughs> to go to Dollar Tree. You and I. They have very cheap um, plastic tablecloths. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's yeah. true. Mm-hmm. And balloons. <laughs> they do have cheap balloons. <laughs> yes. I found that out when I took three trips to the Dollar Tree to buy like twenty balloons to do an antenna <laughs> video. That's true. That's very true. They also have like surprisingly good bagged movie popcorn that's already popped. Yeah, so that's I just don't know where they get that. I We all grew up, right? We grew up with the three well, I I did. I don't know about you. With the th- <laughs> Okay, fair enough. <laughs> point taken, point taken. We all grew up with the three divider tins. Yes. You had that. Yeah. Of course, right? Mm-hmm. Of course. I, I, I don't want to assume. They still sell those. That's not something that went away. Those were all pre-popped popcorn. Right. But they were Stale. laden, laden with flavor. Like yes. cheddar, yes. heavy caramel. Yeah. And the caramel is actually the thing that stops the popcorn from getting stale. Yeah. It, it is now it, encased it's in a, sugar. <laughs> it's encased. It's the amber of the the mosquito blood tyrannosaurus for Jurassic Park. But that popcorn went stale so fast. You popped that can of popcorn, and everything but that caramel corn was not going to be any good by the end of the day. 
Yeah, but I, I, I love those tins. But at the same time, I hated those circus bags of buttered popcorn that you could buy, like, the 99 cent store and all that. I, 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 I don't like, like those. The, oh, God. The butter? Oh, they're, they're all like butter. A, I, I hope people just flood you with these drums of popcorn. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll eat two out of the three <laughs> dividers. Because there's always the third divider is the butter. That's always the last one that goes. It's always the last one that goes. Everybody eats the cheddar and the and the caramel first. Oh, caramel was always the one that was left over for us. You, you are crazy. Are you kidding me? <laughs> no. You ate we the just, butter before the caramel? Oh, it's just too sweet. This <laughs> is the craziest. <laughs> this is crazy to me. This is crazy. Are you serious? I'm serious. No one ate the caramel in your house? Not really. They ate the butter before the caramel? And the cheddar. I like the cheddar. No, the cheddar is the best, arguably. I, I'm, I'm on board with the cheddar being the best, but <laughs> this is crazy. You're this looking is... at me. Okay, so one of my favorite holiday uh, treats from the Midwest has always been caramel puffcorn. Yeah. And... Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. And I don't know if everybody realizes this, but that puff corn that I think is like old Pennsylvania Dutch or mm -hmm. something brand mm -hmm. is not available on the east uh, on the west coast. This is strictly like a regional thing. Are we gonna like Smokey and the Bandit some uh, Pennsylvania Dutch puff corn? Well, Cheetos, yeah actually makes well, so yeah it, it it's the same process basically that creates right. the same but i feel like it's not the same no it's well okay the the pennsylvania dutch like raw mm -hmm. that comes out or raw buttered or whatever that comes out is not the same thing as like a cheetos puff that's cheddared no right? no no. The, it's so, not the same concept not the so same cheetos makes a puff oh it's butter. not the same no it's not the same it's it's close, but it's not it's not light enough. No. Yeah. It, so whoever is having this delight this oh, holiday yeah. season. This, this is a, this I hope is a, you really enjoy right. that somebody made this for you. Because actually Ar arguably the caramel cheddar puff, the Midwest caramel caramel puff, right? Yeah. Is way better than caramel so popcorn. much better way better i actually i think i took some of those back with us the raw bags like when we were in minnesota yeah yeah yeah, yeah. i think you did yeah we yeah. packed them up mm -hmm. yeah you're right and then i made it mm -hmm. and it was so glorious it's light and airy yes you, you can give you can give asian sweet but it's got to be light and airy yeah well i mean i added salt so not oh. too sweet. Not too sweet. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I see what you did <laughs> That's... there. That's the trick. Yeah. On to the <laughs> next voicemail. Josh and Leia. He's clipping his this mic. This is Nathan, Kilo One, Mike Alpha Zulu. Hey, Nathan. Calling you to tell you about my recent acquisition of the IC705. Congratulations! Oh, I, last week. I, uh, I don't know, it was kind of a love song to the IC705. I had like a day and a half at that point, but um, one of the lyrics that you laughed a lot about was when I said, and the wonder of it all is I still don't realize how much money is gone. 
<laughs> there it is. Um, but now I realize it since it has now taken it from my bank account. Oh, no. So it was credit card before, so it's, that's not as much of a hit. But now the money is really gone. So I got a cage for the IC705 because oh. I wanted to protect it. And um, Tactical trash can. If anyone has any ideas for like a bag to put it in that will accom- oh, a bag. <laughs> accompany the uh, cage around it. There are a couple of hydration pouches. Thank you very much. Um, and in other news, I'll keep it quick. I've been scrubbing. We also are uh, remodeling our kitchen area. Nice. And I was scrubbing grime off of all the cabinet doors and stuff. Um, so that when they sand it, there's not as much problem. TSP. So I've been spending days scrubbing grime, 22 years of grime, I guess, <laughs> off of the cabinets. I guess we should clean them before now. Um, so this is Kilo One Mike Alpha Zulu saying 73. Well, I wish I had known this sooner because I would have told you Dawn Power Wash and TSP. Not at the same time. Well, maybe at the same no, uh, I'm not going to tell you that 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 long of a, a buildup. Uh, I'm still a fan of Comet. Wow, really? It's yeah. so abrasive, so aggressive. <laughs> well, he's already refinishing it because it's going to be That's a remodel. TSP is very light; it's not very abrasive at all. But Power Wash will get grime off. Don't know. I'm not. Oh, and the other the other amazing combination is always Windex and Magic Eraser. Oh, dude, a magic eraser will kill yeah. anything. Like, yeah. it'll it'll take paint out. Yeah. It doesn't care what it's dealing with. It's true. But also... Never give that. your child a magic eraser. Because he will, he will bring it down to bare sheetrock. <laughs> give him long enough. Never do that to a child. Well, Thank you, Nathan. Well, good luck on the remodel, and congratulations on the 705. I love the 705. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I do. So thanks, buddy. Have a great Thanksgiving. Or I hope you did. Now this is Hey guys, this is Doug, KB8M. Hello, Doug. Uh, it's well, first man. off, happy Thanksgiving to you and your family. Hope it's a good one. Happy Thanksgiving. Uh, we had a great just one. I want to say I'm on my way from dropping off my son. Uh, he met up with a van so that they could go out to my nephews out over near Rockford, Illinois, uh, to Thanksgiving, where we're all going to meet up tomorrow anyway. Uh, so he's going to spend an extra day out there. But uh, just listen to the podcast on the way back home, <laughs> and I got to the part where you guys are discussing Big Bang Theory. Uh, I know you guys may not think it's the greatest show, but that is something that my wife and I have had many hours listening to. We got all the DVDs and watched it multiple times. Uh, they even gave us a uh, Big Bang uh, trivia game, and poor, uh, my poor got to listen to that on the Oh, it's an awesome show. I I'm a I'm engineer myself. Uh, I, it, it's a good satire of, of all the different uh, views of uh, of everybody of the different positions and stuff. Um, I like show. it. I've I've watched every episode. Anyway, wanted to say happy Thanksgiving. Hope you guys have a good one. And I'll be working on a song soon enough. I'll get it to you when I get her done. Take care, 73. This is Doug, KB8L. Thanks so much, Doug. You know, I actually don't have anything against the Big Bang Theory. I want to say that I did end up watching every episode, not when they aired. 
Yeah. But I think I did end up catching up on the. So I won't say I'm softening myself or 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 reducing my intensity of upsettiness mm-hmm. uh, of the Big Bang Theory in the last episode. I think you get like real offended. Like you just don't like it when I guess nerdy things feel like they're being trivialized. Yeah, and, and how how do you explain engineering to people? Like it's very difficult. It, the show's not about engineering. Well, okay, it it is to a degree, or science in general. I mean, they're trying in the to... way that The Office was about selling paper, right? <laughs> I I actually think I I could probably explain selling paper pretty quickly. Science, <laughs> though, and all the complexities that go into it. They tried to boil it down to these situational comedy things, right? Mm-hmm. So it's always going to be at the highest level, right? It, it cannot get deep, right? It but cannot... it's literally about the personality of the characters. So the best we can hope for anyone watching The Big Bang Theory is like one of two things. It's giving you nostalgia feels for being already a part of the anointed Mm-hmm. Which is great. Okay, good. Okay. Nostalgia. Nostalgia is good, but it's also kind of a slow me down, make me not want to move forward kind of thing. But for everyone else, like, is that really the best foot forward with bringing people into STEM? Is that really the best way to bring people into wanting to learn about science, engineering, math? I have a really good way of testing this. Okay. We can have the kids watch a few episodes of The Big Bang Theory and see if they come out of that wanting to learn more about stuff. I mean, it's a little too old for them, though. The Big Bang Theory? I think it's super family friendly. Mm. I don't think so. I mean, I have to screen some of the episodes because I think there's a little bit of in-bed stuff. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I I, I guess it's just so, like... It's so surface level. It's it, There's no depth. It's how I met your mother at Caltech. Yeah, but uh, it's, that's not good. Like, that's not necessarily good. I oh, How I good... Met Your Mother was a fantastic show. I mean, the ending. Way to muck it so, up. So let, ending, let's just but... say that it's more sitcom than science. Of course. That's what it, it... It's always been a sitcom. It was never like David Attenborough presents physicists. Like... <laughs> But that's why I don't really like it because it, it's like it, it's just a it's just a bunch of, I guess, nerds living yes. their life. But there's no in Pasadena. But there's no explanation of what they're doing or anything interesting to draw people because into it's our, our a amazing sitcom about the characters. Are are you upset at like Mythic Quest because it didn't get in to like design builds and or to explain how D and D is actually played? Yeah, I, I that does depress me. Or like actually painting minifigs. And Mythic going... Quest. Mythic Quest is the TV show that is essentially the office of video game. Companies. Oh, I was thinking of uh, what is it? EverQuest. No, not EverQuest. Um, something twenty. Anyway, it is a role playing. There's many role playing channels where they do D and D stuff. Yeah. I, no, that's my problem. Is that I think we do a disservice by just making all of this look easy, right? Like we we make we make things seem like we just fell into it one day, the and that's show the thing we do. Wasn't about physics. 
the show was about four guys who work at Caltech. Okay. And a pretty next door neighbor. And, and, and I did I did soften <laughs> my point going into this saying like we, one could not assume that we'd be explaining physics like physics right. to people. Yes, that but That was never the intent of the show though. It was it was a sitcom and this situation is a pretty girl living next this to those, big like, brains. This is one of those like don't that's not a costume. That's my culture. <laughs> you none of feel those people, appropriated. None of those this people. Is, oh my gosh. None this of those is how you are, understand appropriation. Is None of those people are actually engineers or scientists. None of those people are. Sure. And sure. yes, I understood what appropriation was before that. Sure. It was like two weeks ago. I put my Indian headdress down and said, like, this is too much. Uh, it's either First Nations or like, is it Native Indian? Again, I'm learning. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. I don't have a First Nations headdress or Indian headdress or Native American or Native person's headdress. That's a joke. In in all mm. of the episodes of Friends, do you ever learn what Chandler Bing does for a living? <laughs> Was he a paleontologist? No, that was Ross Geller. Oh, yeah, no. <laughs> because the show is not about their jobs. <laughs> Sitcoms are not about people's jobs. Yeah, and Friends is horrible. I hated Friends. The Office is not about selling paper. There's a whole, there's a whole logistics <laughs> portion. That's where, uh, <laughs> what's her name's husband, the first husband... That was a boyfriend, and his name is Roy. I thought they were married. No. They, they might have been engaged at most. Okay. But, like, there's a whole logistics, so there, there's actually talking about selling paper. The... Well, Big Bang Theory has professors. Okay. <laughs> this, is, this is horrible. All right. On to the last voicemail. I don't like Hello, it. Hello. This is Hilo One, Mike Alpha Zulu again. Just I'll be real quick. I forgot to um, tell you about an issue I had with my 705. Oh, Actually, no. I don't think Honey it was Moon is over. Oh, it was uh, probably the cable that I was using. I was trying to do um, FTA and uh, just connect the 705 with the uh, micro USB B cable mm -hmm. um, to my $60 Jing Eponymous laptop. <laughs> and it when I once I plugged the cable in, it caused the at regular intervals uh, faint lines across the whole um, waterfall, mm -hmm. not sudden or like really that caused a higher noise floor or anything. Just uh, little mm -hmm. faint lines you could see them. You're better than um, most. So I checked YouTube and temporary offline. Uh, he had uh, the same thing. His it was actually causing more um, of background noise, but um, he said, uh, put a, a big old toroid on it. And uh, since it was a long cable, I ordered a toroid, not very expensive on uh, Amazon, wrapped it, and it fixed it up. I also ordered some other cables with uh, ferrites on it, so stuff like that. So um, that's a fix. I, it's something I never saw happen on my... 7300 with uh, the laptop or uh, Raspberry Pi or anything. So it was uh, weird that the, um, yeah, 
the 705 did it. It's probably just because it's a different kind of cable because it's, uh, yep, old plug technology either way. Either the printer plug for the, 70, for the 7300 or the old, like, Android plug for a micro USB. So um, thank you for the podcast again. I hope this was short enough. And, uh, and hope you enjoyed um, whatever time you have for the podcast or in life. This is Kilo One Mike Apazulu saying 73. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks so much, Nathan. All right. So I, I've talked about this a lot on live streams and on video that, um, yeah, the, the USB cable, you should, you should probably add a toroid onto it, like a snap-on. Uh, you could do a full like toroid core like a donut, but oddly enough, one of the biggest tricks is put it on the coax that feeds into the radio. So what I'm guessing is that what you're seeing is the incoming receiver noise. And so if you choke out the common mode current that's coming in on the shield on the coax right at the point that it enters into the radio and you're using a toroid with as you know many turns as you can put on it, you will you will take all that USB noise right out of it. Because that USB noise is coming in as transmitted noise and being picked up on the shield of the radio as common mode current. And so yes, you can definitely do the USB cable but you will get greater returns if you put it on the coax feed point. Just a thought. And, uh, and yeah. So there you go. Well, I hope Josh solved your problem. Well, no, it, it sounds like T.O. already did. Steve, T.O. Excellent. Yeah. But for everybody else, if you have a problem, uh, try both. Try the feed point of the antenna and also the USB. All right. Well... Thank you so much, mm. everybody who left a voicemail. We're going to head into right up into the tower. Exactly. If you'd like to email us, you can email us at leah at hamtactical.com. There you go. This first email is titled Spend My Pesos 2.0. And this is from Dakota. Hello again, Leah and Josh. Spend your money. I want to build on my email from last week with mm -hmm. more information for Josh to use to help give me some recommendations. Mm -hmm. We will be driving, so space and weight isn't an issue. I have more than enough power supply for a radio setup of any kind. Okay. I currently have an FTM 300D in my truck and a roll-up J-pole to deploy when we are stationary. Okay. I am looking for specifically HF radio and equipment we are always in trucks so space and weight aren't a problem no backpacking for me already have an ftm 300d installed into my truck and have other antennas for vhf uhf that i can deploy when we are stationary power is not an issue we have more power than we could know what to do with i would like to put the radio into some form of box to protect it while it's around the rest of the camping and exploration oh. equipment. Okay, okay. The budget is $2,000. USD can be stretched to 3000 in a few months. Let's say this would mostly be a camp, quote-unquote, base station type of setup. 
If any of this changes your recommendations, let me know and thank you for your advice and the crazy amount of effort you both put into the podcast and content you create. Oh my gosh, with $2,000. Okay, thank you for the clarification. Uh, man, you Do you this, remember what you recommended? Um, probably an FT891. Okay. <laughs> do you remember what I recommended? I do not. Well, okay. Now that we have that clarification and you're going to put whatever radio in a box and at $2,000, you can literally go from FTDX10 of the Yesu variety to the ICOM 7300 to the Yesu 991 Alpha, although I would... Um, I would recommend you skip that. Remember that the request was for basically a kit type of thing for HF and WinLink and digital or packet modes. He's he's still going to have to put all that on the back of whatever radio. Okay. And packet modes are generally VHF, UHF. Okay. So, okay, let's get the HF out of the way first. So if you want to go cheap, you got two options. It's the ICOM 7100 or the Yaesu FT891. You will have to get an interface cable or a series of collections of cables to interface the 891 in a way that you can get it into your computer. The 7100 will connect right in via USB cable, but I, I understand that it's a bit harder to get those. If you have a box you can shove all this stuff into, you can get a 7300 and a Yaesu FT710 and a Yaesu FT4DX. Those are all options available for you. And those are well under $2,000. So the packet portion. So the packet portion requires going back and talking about the FTM300. For the FTM300 or the FT300, you're you're going to have to have some kind of input-output connection. I don't know that they have a data input. It could be a 3.5 millimeter jack that you could have a cable that would go from the radio into your computer. I don't know, though. No, I, I don't know enough about that radio. Okay. That's part of the problem. I here. also don't know enough about that radio. <laughs> right. The the packet part is the problem. And that that that's kind of also the problem with a lot of the APRS radios that are out there on the mobile market is that th there's just not enough um, interfacing capabilities, mm -hmm. right? And you already bought it, so you know, use what you got. You could always figure out a way though audio in out and then use something like a cantronics tnc3 to interface them you will have to okay at the end of the day a, a lot of this comes down to your willingness to buy or build um, a cable solution okay i can go into my my shack right now and build almost any cable i want that that's part of how i built my shack up right Okay. Is, is the is the ability to take a pin out of a radio and take a pin into something else and then just bodge up a solution, right? Okay. You you gotta be willing to do that at some point. So the solutions for a lot of things are Your easy. solution is to bodge something up. 
Yeah, in, in ham radio, yeah. The the reality is is that we, we live our lives with inability to buy something off the shelf. But a lot of times, for ham radio in particular, we already own something, already have something, or we have a couple of things that, you know, wh why spend more money? I already have this thing that does like 90% of the solution. And it just takes a little tweaking to get the extra 10%? It, it takes literally bodging up a cable. Right, so if it, remember, Leia, look at like a, a 3.5 millimeter jack, right? Okay. Tip ring sleeve. That's what it's called. Tip okay. ring sleeve. There are some radios that have a different wiring on tip ring sleeve. And so you, you would have to build a simple circuit to cross over those wires. To, okay. To, you know, put them from the tip to the ring and the ring to the sleeve and the, you know, all that stuff. Okay. That's... That's almost expected within ham radio. That's that's kind of what it's not whether you're a technician, general, or extra sometimes. It's whether you're willing to just bodge up a cable. That's that's when you start like to me being more of a broad ham radio operator, where you're just like, oh, it doesn't really matter what the cabling is. We'll figure it out. When you have that confidence, that that's when I'm like, okay, we got a ham on our hands right now. Wow, that's uh, really demeaning. No, it's not. It it's just, <laughs> it, it just like a confident ham that's like, well, okay, we're gonna have to, we're gonna have to figure it out. We're gonna have to bodge up a cable, solder something up, and make it happen. That that's that's more often than than um, you'd expect in ham radios because there's no standard. There's no wiring standard or uh, plug standard or digital standard or anything like that so we're always we're always jumping the fences we're always figuring out a, figuring out a way to just make it work that's that's the reality of ham radio okay is that you you're dealing with so many competing standards and no one will ever capitulate to anyone and everyone has their own proprietary everything so you just have to become adept at just dealing with it and saying, hey, how do I how do I jump the breaker on this one and make all these things talk to each other on the wire? That 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 should be your that should be the way you approach most problems is that you assume it's gonna go bad and we're gonna have to build a wire than okay. anything else. From most of my point of view. All right. Well, Dakota, hope that answers your question. <laughs> I think we got most of the way there. <laughs> Well, Dakota signs off. Uh, I love your description of the Game of Thrones in Canada. Very accurate, in my opinion. That's it. <laughs> Cheers, VA7XDW, Dakota. Thank you so much and can't wait to hear what you put together. Let us know. Yeah, please let us know or, or post a picture on the Discord chat on the Ham Radio Crash Course for the HRCC podcast. The next email is titled, It's Been a While, and this is from Nathan, a different Nathan, okay. <laughs> I guess. Nathan T. Uh, Hi, Leia and Josh. It's been such a long time since I've written into your podcast. A few updates are in order, I suppose. Well, welcome back to the tower. I'm doing well, just studying away for my amateur extra examination. Good for you. It is so complicated, and I'm curious why Josh hasn't made a video series on it yet. 
I know Dave Kassler has, but it's behind an ARRL paywall. I obviously don't doubt Josh's ability to accurately and clearly explain all of the intricacies. As DevOps by trade, I know that Josh, as a software engineer, is very qualified to teach said license class. We have had this question before. Yeah. So so the reality is, is that doing the question pool takes a lot of time. That's true. And the extra question pool takes an exorbitant amount beyond that of technician and general. Right. I am... I'm trying to work with a solution for this. And I, I'm coming to the point where the solution is just me, again, brute forcing it. I'm just doing it. Can't hack it. We, we did we did a video, like a, a couple of videos on the old technician series on just explaining the right answers for people. And I got, I got a lot of flack for that. Like, no, you got to teach people about all of it. And it's like, okay, you know, I tried to do as much as I can in the talking points. Extra brings in a whole new world, a, a little mermaid level. No, that's Aladdin. A whole new world of yes. involvement and talking points and hours and time. Right. One, thank you very much for the confidence in me being able to do it and being able to tell you and teach people. That's the most difficult part, actually, is is to be able to teach it. But it just takes so much time. You might just so need a weekend time. retreat in which you just do that. Just me and Adam. <laughs> me making lasagna. <laughs> me doing... <laughs> doing videos for well, why is the retreat with adam and not with me it's so strange i mean you're right <laughs> <laughs> you're right but i still choose adam <laughs> someone's gonna watch the kids uh, i bet adam could watch the kids yeah adam would probably he'd, he'd, he'd probably he'd, do he'd, a really good job at watching great, the kids <laughs> actually i take that back adam would you watch our kids so that we could go <laughs> Take my wife and go shoot a technician general and extra course for the Amberdeen Crash Course YouTube channel. <laughs> oh, man. The kids come back more skilled than ever. <laughs> we come back and the kids all have full beards. <laughs> and like, well, we've joined Search and Rescue Mother and Father. You've already saved five lives while you've been gone. Here is a lasagna and an Adirondack chair. <laughs> we built them. We grew all of the ingredients ourselves. We grew <laughs> the ingredients. Including the Adirondack chair. <laughs> we grew a tree. Rapidly. <laughs> Uncle Adam is the best. Literally. <laughs> Nathan continues, I'm doing well. Oh, sorry. I already read that. In other news, I've caught the QRP bug. My next HF radio is going to be the IC705. What? <laughs> Mainly for its portability Let and low profile. Your money. <laughs> Time for Poda and Soda. I live in the mountains. There's Poda summits I could bike to if I wanted to. Amazing. Oh. What a What a nice life for you. I love biking to a summit. 
That'd be amazing. Finally, I'm a Glarg VE under Nick's team. Oh. Congratulations. Sorry for the short email. Not much I wanted to say. Nathan. Yeah, great. DN41AA73. That's right. VEs K- get the button too. KK7AVD. Glarg VE number. 3277G. All right, well, calm down. Congratulations. We believe Nathan. you. Blood <laughs> well samples done. required in the future. <laughs> That's what? All right. The next email is titled Helping a Disabled Veteran. Okay. Good question. Okay. I'm, I'm hoping for a good question here. All right. And this is from Nick. Mm hmm. Hello, dynamic ham duo and HRCC family. Hey, Nick. Hello. After rambling on about how awesome amateur radio is to my friend, he's finally got his license, going for his license. Okay, okay. He's currently studying for his tech, but Mm. I have convinced him to at least get his general. He currently lives in Illinois while I'm out here in Connecticut, so a casual drive over to his house is difficult. Yeah. He's on a limited income based on his disability. My question is this. Is there any resources for disabled vets that can help with either donations of equipment or funding to help him get started on his ham journey? Oh, that's a good question. That is a good question. And I, I would be shocked if that didn't exist. But one is not leaping out to me. The The first thing that, that I would say is, like, obviously engage with the local community that he's in, the ham clubs. Right. That would be one of the first places because those are inevitably, particularly if you're disabled, depending on the disability, um, you, you're going to need help to get the antenna up in the air and everything that goes along with that. Uh, there is okay. um, the American Legion has um, really an amateur radio club. It's called Tal Arc, and it's a group of veterans that are engaged in ham radio mm-hmm. uh, for emergency communications. So I think that's probably a really good place to start. No, I I think the first place is always local. Start with sure. the local okay, ham fair. club. Talk with them, get engaged with them, and Nick. I, I'm assuming you could you could probably gre- grease the skids a little bit in the sense of like call on their behalf or send an email and saying, "Hey, a friend of mine is studying. Um, I'm in Connecticut, but you know where is he at? Uh, he's far away, Illinois. He's in Illinois, right? Uh, friends in Illinois. Your club is in Illinois. You know, do, do you do like reach out? You know, type of thing." to to engage with local people sure you know help him out he's a veteran you know i i think you know nick we're putting this back on you a bit you've already done a lot here i know that but um i i think that the the extra mile here might pay dividends right and so right. reach out to a couple of clubs on his behalf and basically say hey a friend of mine is is wanting to get licensed and you know how can you could could you help him out is there anything you can do yeah, yeah, absolutely. Particularly with his goal of getting general. I think they're going to like that. Plus, you know, the radios are so location dependent. For VHF, UHF, yeah. Yeah, that 
it, it doesn't make any sense really for them uh, for a group to be like here have this radio mm-hmm. when it may not be a radio with the club that's, yeah 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 because you are physically well that's true yeah 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 physical physical location so start with the local club but also mm-hmm. look into the American Legion's ham radio club yeah I'm, I, I'm curious to to learn more about them that's the first time thank you for looking that up I have a strong feeling though mm-hmm. that uh. Hams that are involved in the American Legion, especially a ham radio club affiliated with the American Legion, they have such a well-developed donation structure that I would venture to guess that as people become silent keys or things like that, that their families are donating radios back to the American Legion um, ham radio club. I, I I don't I don't want to assume that your friend is already a member of the American Legion, but it would probably likely involve joining them as well. But as... man, the American Legion is so much fun. Oh yeah, we well, actually used I, to. I've never had a ba- a bad experience at an American Legion yeah. ever in my life. We have a friend. She actually just recently retired from the army. Mm-hmm. And oh, that's right, she did. Yeah, she and, just but... retired. She she actually ran some a program for youth as her role um, at the Joint Forces base in Los Alamitos. Mm-hmm. But in her spare time, she would also host and sing at karaoke nights. Yeah, beautiful, fantastic, voice. fantastic singer. She's so talented. I actually had her um, sing the national anthem at an event out here mm-hmm. for the county, but. We would go and support her events, her karaoke events at the Legion. Yeah, we did. Always, always so much fun. Just, and I think after we went there the first time, we we're like, "Man, we got to get your dad involved in the Legion. This is this is great. What a great time!" That is not your dad's personality. That is not my dad. <laughs> but up in Big Bear, there is an American Legion. There is there too. And uh, well just, just a reminder to anybody who doesn't know this. You don't have to be necessarily a veteran to join the American Legion. Right. You can be a son or daughter of a veteran. Right. And they have different positions available for those that are, you know, of that persuasion, if you will. Right. So. So, I mean, if he hasn't already, I, I think it's that's just a very cool organization, I think, to continue to serve while also, you know, doing the ham radio hobby. I mean, it's kind of a big reminder that, like, we can't be everywhere, right? Like, right. obviously, I can't be everywhere, and and Nick can't be everywhere. And reaching out locally to a club is, is one of the best things you can do. It, it really is. Yeah. In, in local hams and, and, and find find the right club. Yes. Find a club. If, if, like, the first club you meet, not great. Look for okay. another club. You don't have to commit. Yeah. You don't have to fully engage. You just keep looking. Go to, go to all the clubs. There's no reason to not shop this. Mm-hmm. There's there's no reason. Because you're talking about potentially putting down a lot of time, right? With a group of right. with a group of people that you you want to be somewhat like-minded with. Whatever your beliefs are, you want to be in line with them. You really do. So, finding a good club is is really worth the time you take. Agreed. Yeah. 
Well, Nick signs off. Thanks for all that you do, Nick Casey One PBW. Best of luck to your friend Nick. Yeah. Um, I know that there have to be some resources out there. Of course. Yeah. yeah. The next email is is the final email. <gasps> It's the final email. Okay. The question, the the last question. The last question. Is titled, do you have, and this is from Chris. Uh, do you have. Leia, love what you and Josh do. Thank you, Leia. I'm looking for a Nelson antenna. Okay. Which I thought he had on HRCC. I think he means Ham Tactical. Mm-hmm. Uh, we do link a number of products on Ham Tactical over to Amazon. Amazon is out of stock of a lot of things ham radio related right, right. now. Right. I think most companies, uh, Amazon takes a really big cut of. Uh, for for sellers, especially those who use like FBA, mm-hmm. like if you see Prime on the item, that is the sellers losing a ton of the percentage of. So, the so if you item. if you think about like when I make a video on YouTube, mm-hmm. I think it's like a sixty forty split or something like that for ads. Right. I think Amazon is almost identical to that. Right, except for I didn't put the, any product, like physical thing, right, or right, manufacturing in, the, mix, right? the product. It's just, it just my, yeah. it's my mental, yeah. you know, product. Yeah, and I, I think that most people are pretty good now about just going directly to the maker if they can. Yeah, if there's like a website, but, or but something then like, that. The, but like I think Kark actually exclusively sells his antenna. Well, that was Amazon, that was where I was right? going with this yeah. for for um, Adam. K6 Eric K for for him Amazon's a great deal because he just makes a ton of them and then ships them to Amazon. He's out of says, stock too. Oh, he's done. Yeah, yeah. And then he says, "Um, uh, you handle this. You, right. You handle all the logistics. Right. So, so they are essentially like Adam, a logistics company. Right. For someone like the marketing. For someone like Adam, this is this is great because they handle all that, including returns. Right. To, to a point, people still contact Adam like a lot on, yeah. on on dealing with building the antenna etc but anyway go ahead so uh it was a nelson and fed half wave 29 to 1 transformer plus the element mm-hmm. i found it on amazon mm-hmm. but i thought you had it under your store it may be a different um a different seller and uh, we only link to certain sellers of a mm-hmm. product yeah uh, so, Chris, if you found it on Amazon, buy it on Amazon. Ham Tactical was going to send you there anyway. <laughs> That's... Uh, the, the odds are good. Yes. <laughs> uh, so, Chris signs off. Happy Thanksgiving, 73 Kiss. Uh, Chris, W-O-8-USA. Very patriotic. So, wait, did he have a problem? That... No, that was it. <laughs> it's all good? Yeah. Well... He he wanted to see if we sold it on Ham Tactical. We actually don't sell any antennas right now on Ham mm-hmm. Tactical. Uh, 
But you could you could take the hand tactical link to anything and then buy anything. That's true. And that would technically help out hand tactical because every time you click that link for 24 hours, anything you buy helps out the podcast. Oh, that's true. Yeah. And, that's true. So anyone, I'm not saying to do this necessarily. I, I want you to go look at the curated list we've created. But after you've you've gone there and looked at the list, if you buy something else, uh, that does help out the channel too. Absolutely. And I wanted to explain a little bit about like when you see ham radios or antennas mm -hmm. um, on ham tactical, those uh, almost exclusively will direct you over to the Amazon link that uh, that will allow you to buy it through Amazon. Right. So if you if you go to uh, hamradiocrashcourse.com and go to the affiliates page or the links page, we have a number of deals um, coupons, etc., mm -hmm. that have been set up for a very long time. Some of them lead back to Amazon. Some of them are just our really good friends, like Palomar Engineers. That we are, we don't, we don't. It's not an affiliate link. It, we don't make any money on it. We just really support what they do, and that's still HRCC seventy three over at uh, Palomar Engineers. So, please, please, tis the season. With everybody plugging things into walls, crockpots, and the likes, <laughs> uh, really consider getting yourself some more toroids. I just really like Palomar Engineers. And the best part about Palomar Engineers, you can call them, and you can email them, and they're very proactive in responding to you. And he here's, here's the thing. I want everyone, here's your Thanksgiving challenge going into the holiday season. I'm sure there's a ton of you that are dealing with high noise right now, high RFI. Really, like, it almost makes you not want to get on the radio. It makes you getting on HF, like, just frustrating. Like, it makes you sad, right? Mm. This is not the season to be sad. I want you to explore the ARRL. The ARRL has a hotline that you can call for technical questions hotline bling i know when that no i'm not gonna do it i won't do it i won't do it thank you drake for that song <laughs> i'm not gonna do it there there is a a technical hotline that you can call at the arrl and it doesn't matter if you're if you're a member or not they will answer you and they will answer your questions they just okay. want to help. They want to help hams. And, and I and I want to be really, really clear. And and I I will get I will do my best to get Leia the phone number so she can put it in the show notes for the podcast. But it is literally a phone number where you can literally talk to a human being who is a ham, a human being that will a human being that will <laughs> that will help you solve ham radio problems, and that is their job. And when I talk to them, I've talked to multiple people that work in this area. They tell me that not enough people call them. Like their, their phone is not ringing off of the hook to solve their technical problems in ham radio. Now, obviously. That is surprising. Now, obviously, with a service like this, I would hope that you would join the ARRL. I really would. But they will help you out even if you aren't an ARRL member, particularly if it is with dealing with RFI, because. If you're solving an RFI problem, it's probably helping another ham out that's like adjacent to you or local to you, right? So 
We'll post that in the show notes so that you can take a look at that and uh, and and literally give them a call. I have done this. I have done this in dealing with my power line noise. Ultimately, the uh, power line company Edison came out. It's got to be Edison. It's got to be Edison. <laughs> came out and solved the problem. But I, I learned a lot from my discussions with the ARRL and how to handle it. And, and they do. They, they walk you through the whole thing. And I, I feel that regardless of my membership, they would have treated me the same, which I think is a really good, uh, really good point. Agreed. So, yeah, Leah, anything you want to say at the end of the uh, Thanksgiving evening? We're, we're well into the morning now. So it's true. We're well into the Friday morning. No more Thanksgiving. Well, I open face sandwiches with turkey gravy and all that smothered on top in our future. I want to tell everybody that's listening. I'm very thankful for you. Oh, I am too. Well, no, I'm thankful for you. I'm thankful for you too. (laughs) But all the listeners, we are very thankful for you as well. Thank you for listening to the podcast. We have a lot of fun making it. And the fact you listen and send us feedback means a lot to us. 73. 73.